Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Still recovering from my food coma a little bit. I'm still a little sweaty. Yeah. Uh, the meat sweats got me. Yep. But uh, fortunately, driving 100 miles to go to our family prevents me from fully overeating. So like, I have to be still drivable coming home. So I don't have the same experience that you got to having it at your house. No, you know, we usually drive up to Portland uh, from Eugene. I think that's the hundred same hundred yeah. mile drive. Same hundred miles. <laughs> um, you know, or or we travel to we travel down to California to be with Ken's family. Uh, but this year did it from home. There's that's nice because you don't have to go anywhere. But uh, not so nice as we had a, an additional six people, seven people at our house. Um, more mouths to feed. More. More stress on the toilet. More stress on the toilet. That's right. Fortunately, we have two of them and a good backyard. Hey, and you're good. <laughs> you, you install like pee tubes in the backyard. Yeah. For... I, I want to get a I want to get a urinal in the garage, I think. You know, I've, I've always thought about that. But whenever I like a complaint that I have with urinals is that I very frequently will get the backsplash onto my feet. And I just don't understand why places haven't started integrating like pee tubes instead of urinals. Just a, a tube that you pee straight into? Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. They have the, I mean, it could be waterless. It has all the same technology as like the waterless flush urinals, but you're not getting the speckling. So is it like a, is it like a, a an eight inch opening or is it like a, like a two inch opening that you, that you insert yourself into? <laughs> I'd say that probably lacks. I would say probably like, I don't know, an eight inch opening okay. seems appropriate, <laughs> but I mean, two inches seems... <laughs> <laughs> i don't know right. i just i feel like tubes would be preferable uh okay <laughs> i gotta get that sorry <laughs> all right whenever you're ready so anyway i know i think that's something to consider when you do your urinal install <laughs> so now that we've gotten way off track uh I think we got a we got a cool cool opportunity being that it is Thanksgiving weekend. Our friend Tommy is happens to be in town and what better way to have a first interview than someone who already likes us and we don't have to worry about him not coming back cuz we know he's coming back. So, Tommy, care to introduce yourself? Hello. I'm Tommy. Nice to see you guys. This is such an interesting medium to have this conversation in, but I'm kind of excited to listen to your podcast now. And, uh, well, you're about to learn how much I do or don't know about watches. So we're just going to roll with it. Have you listened to every single episode? Yes. Start to finish? Start to finish. N- no, like, uh, fast skip through. No, I don't fast forward. I'm listening to it. I'm laughing. That's intense. Yeah, it is. Really what we wanted to, what I wanted to accomplish out of this and why we invited Tommy on was to pick the brain of somebody who's mostly unfamiliar with watches, um, a watch noob uh yeah and and maybe watch disinterested even i don't know we didn't i saved any of the conversation on the drive over so that we could all happen here and it could happen organically so he's wearing a really nice watch i have a fine watch on right now <laughs> he is he actually is wearing a really nice watch as i'm sitting here with my watch not on me um it, it's a sarbo 35 spoiler alert it looks good on you thank you it feels good i like 
doesn't we'll it? get into what I feel. Yeah, we'll get into it. it. Yeah. So I think, but I think that's a natural segue. What do you think about that watch? I really enjoy it. I mean, it's really uh, kind of low profile, low key. I don't really like big bulky stuff. Um, I don't wear a lot of watches normally during the, I, I don't wear one during the week. I think the second watch I ever bought was about a year ago in Thailand for the equivalent of like five US dollars and the battery just died. So I haven't worn it. Actually, I did wear it with the battery dead just because I like the color of it, but <laughs> it's yellow, isn't it? I have a feeling it's no, yellow. No, it's blue. It's okay. blue all the way around. Blue strap, blue face. I don't know the actual. Blue. I think wearing uh wearing a watch, a non-operational watch because you like the way it looks makes you a watch person whether you know it or not really yeah it, i think 100 percent. Yeah, yeah i like the I, I i do appreciate the accent to it. it is i'm just not used to it so it does feel a little unnatural uncomfortable sometimes mm. just to have something there because i'm just always playing with it but same thing happened with my wedding ring like for months i was just like this thing's there i don't know what to do with my hand because there's now this metal thing on my hand but now I don't know. I'm getting used to this watch. I might walk out with it. We don't know. Do it. Zero chance of that. <laughs> do it. <laughs> what are you drinking? I mean, since that is part of what we do here, mostly we just found a reason to drink beer and hang out, and our wives need to see an output for it. So, what do you That's have? Fair. I got a Sierra Nevada Winter Warmer. Ooh, I really enjoyed the winter ales, best beer stuff like that. That's this time of year. It feels warm and delicious. It's a little more, a little more flavor to it. I don't know. I really enjoy those this time of year, but only this time of year. Can't. They have a very limited time frame for me. I'm the same. Yeah, I get. I can go do like December, January, and then I'm back on sours or some summer ale or something. Mm-hmm. How about uh, what about you guys? What are you guys drinking? I was Ooh. gonna say I don't give a shit at what you are drinking because really I just <laughs> want to talk about what I'm drinking. Uh, Mr. Tommy made a trip to California recently and sent us the most lovely text that he was at Russian River and asked if we wanted to bring Pliny back or if we wanted him to bring us a couple bottles of Pliny the Elder. I think my response was, duh. It, but I it was in right. that vein. Um, so we are finally getting to cash in on that. And ooh, it is such a such a good beer. For those of you who are lucky enough to live near Russian River or in a place where they distribute to, congratulations. Because I just, I absolutely love this beer. It's everything I want in a beer that I can, that I feel like I can drink. It almost drinks like a session, but I don't drink it like a session because I know this is the only bottle I'm going to have for. Oh, I know. The first drink I took was kind of a big drink. It was like a a normal first beer drink. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, what are you doing? You idiot. This is special. It's regulated so much that you not know when you're going to have your next one. Yeah. So you just, you savor and you love every bit of it. What is the number of years ago? And I think maybe I was just, it, I was frequenting more places that had special beers. But uh, when I was still in school, I felt like you could get it all the time. Uh, and and now, and I see all the time relatively, you know, but it's pretty frequent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't had a Pliny in two years, maybe. So this is really very special. Thank yeah. you. I've, Thank uh... you, Tommy. That's the actually the only reason he's on the show. We don't even really like him that much. No. Yeah, this was a great show, guys. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we have to fill 55 minutes of content with... We're, just we're, us drinking Pliny, so we're, we're already at ten. We're good. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll settle in because um, there's gonna be a lot of drinking noises. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I guess we can we can move on here. Um, you touched on it a little bit. What are your just general feelings on watches? Uh, watches that you've owned. I I have in my memory this enormous, and I actually texted you about it a couple weeks ago. If you remembered the watch that you had, it I, had to be a fifty millimeter. Mm-hmm. black steel chronograph <laughs> with eight pounds of bracelet 
that I, I still vividly remember. And, and you, you got it because you'd come into some money and you're like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy this very, I don't have a word for it. Gaudy? Loud. Yeah. It's just watch heavy. I think heavy. This thing just weighed, had to weigh close to just a pound. Easy. Do you still have it? I don't know. I don't think, uh, not on me. I think it just a couple moves, stopped wearing it. Had it a couple times, so I was going to try it out, and it was just... Do you remember what it is? Mm, if I heard it, I would remember. I bought it at Zoomies, a skate store. Nice. Pro- it, nice. So Nixon might... Yeah, Nixon. Is it's it? a Nixon. So, Nixon. So, Nixon. Anyway, it was this huge black chronograph. It's a planetoid. It was, yeah, it was. It probably had a gravitational field. Um, <laughs> so, Look at his head; it's huge. <laughs> so, what are your what are your general thoughts on watches? When you when you see a watch, what's what is pulling you towards it? When you or do you just not wear watches because you don't like watches? Um, Typically, I just I don't normally wear watches. I most people have a phone, just use it that for time. But they always catch my eye. Some stuff like this. I'm not even gonna try to. Remember what this watch was called? To Sarb. It's the Sarb. It's the Sarb. Like this yeah. Sarb and wear. It's nice. It's it's pretty low key. I don't like big, bright, flashy things that are just like yelling for look at me, look at me. I'm wearing a watch. I think we were looking at a watch earlier. The uh, like a Rolex. I was just like, <laughs> oh yeah, the, yeah, the Daytona Rainbow. Yeah, Ra- Rainbow Daytona. Other than the price point, um, that just doesn't really doesn't really do it for me. If you could afford it, it, though, you'd get it. No, No. absolutely not. (laughs) I wonder how much money you have to have to be able to feel like you can afford that watch. It would take a lot. Yeah, to have a small accessory like, well. That's not small. (laughs) Yeah, well, like, size-wise. I don't know. I'm just thinking, I want a Tesla Roadster before I want a $250,000 watch. I think if you buy buy that watch, you already have the Roadster. I mean, yeah, it's stupid money. It's it's money. You've got a lot of money if you're doing that. I think I'd be okay with having that problem. Or you got a sick credit card. <laughs> There's the one. <laughs> That's that credit. Card. Um. I also, I just don't. I don't really appreciate if there's if it's just really busy. If there's too much stuff on there, and if I can't just look down, grab the time, or that watch that I got from Thailand. It's uh, I think it's Roman numerals, but it's it's really simple. It's there's not a lot to it. It's really clean cut. Is that the Nixon that we're... The... No, no, no. This is okay. something. This is the blue one that I bought last year in Thailand. Second watch I ever bought. Send me a picture when you get home. I will. I'm intrigued. I can't even tell you who made it. What is it? Is Unidentified children. watch will be identified in the show notes. Absolutely. Maybe. Probably not. It's about, I imagine, from like a cart in Thailand. Uh, yes, this is from the uh, the Chattachuk Market in uh, Bangkok. Oh, the, so uh, it's maybe like a... Uh, the a second rap- largest outdoor market in the world. But it's like a, just a bunch of little small. Like, is it like a cubicles. replica, like a like a homage, some sort of replica of a of a iconic brand or something? Not that I know, but I also don't know enough about watches to understand if it would be an homage to it. It's like a Patek. It's a Nautilus. Fantastic watch, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so going into that, you're you're. Seem to be a, a simple taste on watches. I mean, mm-hmm. is there is there a reason beyond you are not having that as a need, like not being able to tell time on your wrist, not having an appreciation for the watch brand, the watch itself, just purely util- utilitarian? I, by day, manual laborer. So I'm just constantly getting muddy, dirty, filthy. It's I would be bumping into things, 
So I just don't wear a partially don't wear a watch for that reason. And when I do wear that watch I bought in Thailand, it's because I am going out. I'm trying to put myself together, look nice. That's when I would wear a watch, not just as a everyday type of thing. Jewelry. Essentially, yes. That's yeah. a, that's how I would effectively treat a nice watch if I were to buy one. What would qualify as a nice watch? Well, if I had $600 and I was going to get three watches, I think. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair question. Call back. Um, a nice watch? Um, gosh, um, I would say I'd probably start about 200 uh, 200 or probably 150 to 200 that would be nice for me just because something i something i don't have i'm just gonna not get drop that much money on something i don't know too much about i think we find that's really that's the that's the point that's the that's the dollar value for your first i think that's the yeah. dollar value for most people's first venture into watches and you know what son of a bitch today i saw that the that the citizen aviator that i bought as a first watch in the neighborhood of like like north of 150 it's 85 bucks on amazon (laughs) (laughs) well it's several years old now i mean and 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 it's big too i think that since you bought that watch the average size of the go-to watch has has come down i think when you bought that 43 44 millimeters was not big i think it was 2015 so i think that was that was probably the peak of that size for a watch I think that's right, and I think you know, just we're we're sort of at the at the early stages still of, or or I don't know, who knows, right? But it, it does seem like watch sizes are trending are trending down now, so mm-hmm. that might be part of the reason that it's it's less expensive too. Regardless, I saw it, I was annoyed. <laughs> but you've seen that that citizen that I have, that Aviator. Mm, I don't know if I have actually. I will show it to you. Yeah, I didn't bring it, but. I got photos. So, <clears throat> so anyway, we got so we covered on general just your general thoughts of watches. What when you have when you're thinking about a watch, when you look at a watch, what is what are you keying in on? Is liking or not liking on that watch? Uh, like I said earlier, something about uh, just really being busy on the face. That's something that doesn't really interest me. This one, what am what am I looking at here? You got an SNK in front of you. Eight eight oh five. The five, yeah, with the cream dial. SNK. Okay, I, I do like the kind of time and number date on the right hand side about the three o'clock. So the day and date. Day and date. Yeah. And then, but the, I feel like there's just a few too many numbers inside. Or if they're doing every five minute interval, of the number, just like you're putting trying to put too much on a small space. And I know straps are also something that I'd really pick. I know you can kind of plug and play with straps. You don't have to go with the whatever it comes with. But what I'm wearing right now on the Sarb, that's. This is very nice. Something like the metal link. Something about that just does not interest me. Does it pull your arm hair? It does, actually. Some <laughs> I, I, I've, I've oh, had that happen before. Oh, I've had it happen. Ding, I know. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> there, we've we've got a uh, context, Andrew. I think I, I know it's a thing. It's you're not the only one. People talk about this. But it hasn't but happened to you, right? It doesn't happen to me. Uh, and and do I you shave your arms. Is that why? I do. I shave. Those actually everything. just like really just clean. The, just the three really nice. three inches of watch space <laughs> above your wrist <laughs> from from mid forearm down. I shave, and same same from my belly button down. Everything smart, but just the mid thigh. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. that's smart. <laughs> um. So, and I will say, uh, little brief respite here. Tommy's wearing that sarb, that borrowed sarb. I think gifted. That's what I heard when I it came feels in. It's like... got low jack on it. <laughs> Welcome so... to the podcast. Here's a gift. That's what it feels like. Uh, he's wearing that on a on a Haviston, a canvas Haviston mm. 
1944 strap and it is really fantastic alex yeah. from haviston uh got that to us this week and it's gorgeous beautiful strap the canvas is incredible you know uh I- i've held i don't know at this point a number of different canvas straps and they're all really sort of blah uh i think just the nature of canvas straps is mm-hmm. uh just kind of met but this is really well constructed the i i was surprised how flexible it is because when you see it in pictures or even in video reviews, I've seen a number of, of YouTube videos where they're either wearing that or reviewing that canvas Haviston strap. And it's hard to tell. You get it. It's the, the flexibility is great, but it's it's also substantial. Uh, it's a pass through. It's their new A2 A pass through design. It's not all that new anymore. Several months now. But um, that sliding keeper, really well done strap. It is beautiful, too. Um, that's actually talking to Alex these last couple of weeks. He said, you, you should try this because you like all of drab. And it, and I got it, and I think I just sort of threw it on the SARB because that's that was the closest 20-millimeter lug-width watch I had. And, gosh, I might just keep it on that thing. You know, this... Yeah, it looks good on it. I haven't had a chance to touch it, it yet. Um, <laughs> Tommy came through the door, put it on, and I have not had a chance to put my hands on it. Might not. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm... Now here I am finally getting to touch it, and it's just... it. It stands out from other canvas straps I've I've had the opportunity to to handle, and that single pass through is something that I'm liking more and more because I'm finding that it it doesn't add a whole lot more height, which I've found on a couple of the a couple of the double pass throughs that I've had on recently. It adds a little bit more height than I'm really than I'd really like on a on a strap that already feels thin and is designed to be a little bit thinner, a little bit sleeker, sportier feel. That added height is not always ideal. And, and on the Mako that I've got the Toxic on, it it adds a noticeable amount of height when changed from the bracelet. I, I think that's the biggest. I think that's the biggest drawback to a standard NATO a NATO strap is that depending on what material you have, um, you, you know, it, it really increases that that overall off the wrist height. I mean, especially if you've got something with uh, a big you know, either a big bezel or a big crystal or something, you know, mm-hmm. you wind up, you know, bashing into things with it, or it just feels kind of planetoid o- over the top of your wrist. Um, in fact, I'm wearing this Vostok Amphibia mod. And when I wear this on Vostok. The... Oh, shit. Vostok. Vostok. It's my first time, guys. Br- Bruschetta. <laughs> uh, but wearing this Vostok mod and and i i've worn this on a on a passer a couple of times uh you know you know a, a double mm-hmm. thickness nato strap and it just it winds up being leaning tower of pisa i've never seen your skx on a double passer but i can imagine it would be quite large yeah no i, I never wear that thing on a nato um because this bracelet's so comfortable because <laughs> i love that bracelet you, you know people someone on our instagram commented this week about you know something it was nice but something to the effect of you know isn't that isn't that bracelet really pretty crummy um and the answer is yes i mean we'll talk about this every episode if you guys want uh, or if you don't want it's terrible it's a terrible bracelet look guys it's not a good bracelet it's hollow the whole thing's hollow it makes everybody calls it jangly i don't find it to be that actually noisy but um it's it jangly it, it, it is jangly the end links are hollow uh it it, it tears out all andrew's arm hair um, that one i haven't worn enough to know 
But man, it's good. It's good. And it's not, and, and people kind of make fun of it. Like, oh, you know, you just say it's good because you're, you know, like it's a, a cult of SKX fanboyism. But it's really good. It is really good. It's comfortable. Yeah. And good. Yeah, I agree completely. And, and not I having, only use iPhones because they're the best. Not having worn a several hundred dollar Jubilee, I, I don't, I can't compare it against it. But what I can say is that a several hundred dollar Jubilee is like, it's got a lot to stand up against with that SKX. Well, but you know, you can get the, uh, you can get the Uncle Seiko Z199 for not a ton of money. That's, I, I think maybe 70 bucks. That does have hollow end links, but the the actual bracelet itself is is machined. You can get a strap code Super Jubilee for under a hundred or the, the Angus for just over a hundred, I think at this point. So it's not like you have to spend a fortune That's to get there. That's 50% the cost of the SKX. Yeah, I don't get that. Folks that say, I'm not going to put an expensive, like, uh, you hear about the SNK a lot of times. People say, oh, I'm not going to spend $30 on a NATO for a $60 watch. Uh, fuck, why not? I'll do that. Yeah, I like heck the, yeah, The man. SNK shouldn't be a $60 watch. It's the best kept secret of the watch world. I'll put a $130 bracelet on an SKX, too, if it makes it a better watch. Uh, I can get behind that. Yeah. Anyway. We've gone right down the rabbit hole. Tommy's asleep. I like this strap. I'm loving it. Hear that, Alex? Yeah. Yeah, shout out to you, Alex. Excellent job. Damn fine job. <laughs> uh, we, we touched on a little bit. If you were going to wear a watch, you talked about your needs. So it sounds almost like you need either one very robust watch or a pair of watches. So talk, about, talk to me a little bit about your needs, what you're looking for in a watch to be able to meet to be able to wear a watch on your wrist every day i would be probably i'd probably be looking towards a pair uh something i can wear out casual events um formal events like i think ever hit on earlier it's more of uh, like a jewelry accessory to me rather than like some utilitarian you know i need it really to tell the time all all day um just to kind of mix it up two different things just to go back and forth i don't i'm don't want to dive too deep into this because i can't yet what do you, what questions do you have about watches what i mean i'm part of it so i'm sure that you you don't know what you don't know and that's completely reasonable but what has there been a barrier to you getting into watches learning more about watches i'm sure everett talking and i even talking about the nautilus just a few minutes ago like and we made a watch joke which is embarrassing enough in and of itself um have you found things like that to be a barrier to trying to to get into watches, or has it just been like a purely utilitarian? I've got a watch. I've got a time keeping device in my pocket all the time anyway. What the hell do I need a watch for? That's essentially it. I tell time on my phone. That's essentially all I use to tell time. Um, but as far as you guys, I mean, what I'm kind of curious what what drives your such like deep interest into it. is like the function of the watch is it purely by looks is it a mix between the two is it what what am i missing that you guys are just you've lived with me for a while I did. and you remember do you remember the research process i go through to buy a thing oh my gosh it's almost painful to be around yeah but i appreciate it it is and unfortunately everett and i are very same in that matter we were talking about a camera tripod the other day and he said, I hunted, you know, in the way that we hunt for things. And this is what I came up to. Um, 
And that was kind of the genesis of my getting into watches as I, you know, you've heard, you heard our first episode where we talked about the beginning of our watch journey and what that took. And I started looking at watches and I was trying to figure out what I wanted, what I liked, what I wanted in a watch, what I, what I functionally needed in a watch. And it took me down this very dark and very deep rabbit hole from which I now sit from, and I can't go back up. Like there's no going back. And part of me wonders how much of it is for myself at least. And I, and I think you're probably the same Andrew, but part of me wonders how much of it is the, the process, the hunt for the watch versus the watch itself. And, and, And I am always very satisfied when I get a new watch, but I will say that the, the actual receipt and even sometimes the wearing of the watch is less visceral than the hunt. Uh, trying to figure out what is it that I want, how to make that happen, how to how to find that thing, um, you, you know, and comparing different models, comparing different uh, specifications, comparing different brands. So, so I I think that there's something there that it's not it's not necessarily the hardware or the tangible good as as much as as much as the hunt for for some of this hobby, some of some of what it means to me. Uh, I, I do think that is the case. That's certainly it. I had the Bambino on my wrist, I don't know, three hours. And I was very seriously looking for the next watch. It's like an acquisition syndrome. It's an illness. It's an addiction. Yeah. Right. Well, no, I mean, it's a... Knowing you guys long as a you really do, you really like that hunt. You dive into it. You're reading reviews, people's comments, how things work, the history of it. I think both of you guys really enjoy that. And when you finally get that watch you probably put it on your wrist it's like yeah this is really enjoyable because i researched this and this is what i want and then when it's there it's like all right so what's my next watch next target and i'm sure you guys just get back on the train and when i do that i do that with everything and i know andrew does too Mm -hmm. um but you you know whether it's uh pens i mean i've had several different pen flirtations in my life And, and 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 it's happened at all levels of pen so uh, the two to five dollar pen, the you know twenty to thirty dollar sort of mid level pen, and then you know there's a whole nother world of sort of high end fountain pens and other bullshit. I that... can't use those because I'm left handed, but there's a guy that uh, shaving. Wait, 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 wait! No, I have to interrupt you. You can't use a fountain pen because you're because you're left handed. That's I've been told that. Is that a thing? I was told that. Are, are they symmetrical? I feel like they're symmetrical. Is it is it a ink on your? No, I was told by somebody with a thinking. fountain pen that I wasn't the different angle pressure of writing with your left hand says you can't use it. And maybe he was just an asshole. He didn't want me to use his pen. But you've never tried? No, I mean, I know how to write with a pen. <laughs> I'm literate. <clears throat> but I was told that I can't use them because I'm left-handed. I don't know. Maybe there's left-handed models, but... I wonder if it's an ink. I wonder if it's an ink thing because as you're as you're blasting through what you've just written, you're going to pick up. The I don't ink do that. Look at my notes. Anyway, smeared. the uh, smeared the guy everybody. that uh, I'll have to look it up. Can't be a tattoo artist. <laughs> Can't use fountain pens. Can't play guitar. You just get a left hand guitar. Yeah, those are real. There's this guy called Paul <laughs> McCartney. What's his name? Paul McCartney. I don't know. Paul something. Nobody's heard of that guy. We'll talk about that guy. Uh, have you? Do you guys remember that episode of The Simpsons where they had the left-handed store? No, Ooh, I don't. Where is it? You guys are babies. Uh, it's at the mall. The left-handed store. Where is it? What are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's in the fucking Springfield. It's okay. It's a cartoon. Yeah, I'm gateway. heading the gateway today. Yeah, yeah. No. It... <laughs> 
Anyway, the guy, that shaving brush that I got you, that guy also makes fountain pens. I still use that shaving brush. Yeah. I would think so. I Is would that ho- the guy that told you, you, because you're left-handed, that you're... I never talked to him. I only ordered shaving brushes from him. It's a nice shaving brush. It is. Although, the finish on mine all bubbled. I think it's because I, I was putting it sort of bottom down on the counter, and it was... Because you don't have a stand for it to dry out. I yeah. don't have a stand. I'm sorry. So, you know, I've got your, I've got the, the brush you bought me, which I don't think was cheap, uh, but those really nice soft badger bristles. I've also got like a $15 Omega, not the watch company, a $15 Omega, it's an Italian shaving company, uh, boar bristle mm. brush. And the, the bristles are, are long. You know, I've got my hands like 12 inches apart. They're not that long. Maybe three, two and a half, three inches. <laughs> Inappropriate length for a shaving brush. <laughs> it was this big. It's a paintbrush. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, a, it's an appropriate length for a shaving brush. But it, it's bigger than, you know, it's bigger than that, than that handmade one you got me. Um, and I think when I got it, I got it just to sort of have a, a, a travel brush or whatever. And I use that thing so much more. The, the boar bristles are stiffer when you get them. They're pretty coarse. They break Dude, in nice. They break in nice. They they're all like split, like you know, a half an inch down now, and so it, it got real. It got real fluffy and soft, and so it's got a, a little bit more backbone to it. I love that thing now. You, you know, I go if I use that for like a week, I, I pick up the badger, and it's almost almost too coarse, like too, being a silver hair. <laughs> like, I mean, no, it's not too coarse, but almost too delicate. Like it's just kind of it feels like floppy and. Um, and too soft, you know. I get used to that that thick sort of backbone on the boar bristle. Uh, gosh darn, Tommy, we're gonna get to you eventually. We're... I have an inordinately small amount of facial hair, so you got a six stash. You though. do have a mustache. Actually, I think there, I fucking... would say there's two. Yeah, you have eyebrows. You have eyebrows <laughs> the, below your the nose. Left stash and the right stash. I got left stash, right stash happening. <laughs> it's, but uh, it's long it's enough and, and thick enough that it's not noticeable anymore. Early on, it was. It was noticeable. Yeah, when I shave and it grows back, it's I have to stay a thousand feet from schools. It's not good. No, mine's the same. Especially way. with your job, mine's the same <laughs> way. That's I, terrible. I, as a result, don't grow a mustache because it. I'm not willing to commit long enough to it. I, the longest mustache I had was like two weeks, and I sent you a picture, and it was pretty. For the record, my mustache is just fine. It is. It grows all the way into the middle. It's really gray though. Oh. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> we were talking about what got us into watches um and i think circling back to that topic the other part about what what i really appreciate about watches is that you can find all the details are so small and it's something that you really have to pay attention to Mm -hmm. and it's the kind of collecting the kind of hobby that is all about small details because anyone can collect anything. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. And one of the reasons that I that watches really call to me is that, I mean, Everett and I have both have SNKs. He has the 809, mm-hmm. the black dial, and yep. I have the 805 in the in the white dial. And they're the same watch. It's the same technology. And that small detail, just that that dial, completely changes the feel of that watch. And that's something that I really like about it is that there's not only something for everyone, there's many somethings for everyone, um, but it's all 
so detail oriented just by the by the nature of the fact that a watch is on the large side 50 millimeters in diameter <laughs> um and then then you start looking into like the nerd aspect of it the technology that goes into watches today i was doing a lot of reading about tuning fork movements um like the boulevard like bu- precisionist like, or accurate yeah the, the yeah the precision yeah the accutron uh, their precision movements about tuning fork movements and and every there's a lot of different flavors of technology that are out there that are fascinating and all the brain power all the money that went into the technologies to develop those are are fascinating to me never mind the the role that watch has played in history from air travel to racing to the uh like if you take a look at the vostok radio room was a function of uh, and I don't remember the treaty, but it was a treaty that was an international treaty that was created as a result of the Titanic sinking in 1912. So uh, internationally, all these countries came together and said, hey, we messed this one up. So we're going to have designated periods where there's radio silence on ships and everyone just monitors for distress calls. So this radio room watch has a kind of an offset um, cross like a crosshair across the dial of it mm-hmm. and it's offset and it accounts for the first five minutes of every quarter hour so in that red zone you're not on the radio you're just listening for distress calls and that treaty has grown and developed but that that watch is a is a direct touch back to that piece of history so there's just a lot of um there's just a lot of nuance to watch collecting to to different watches and then you start getting into the watches that have been in space the the cosmos whether it be russian watches or american watches that have been in this space that were developed with the very with the intention of being able to measure time for astronauts and yeah it's just a, a very nuanced and very detailed hobby and very few well no I can't say very few. A lot of watches are made without any thought. They're just, they're, they're marketed, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're made to sell, but so many watches are made so thoughtfully and so deliberately with, with such a, such a specific purpose in mind. And I really appreciate that, that little bit of history, that story that goes along with each of those watches. Just, just this week, we got a, an email on the 40 and 20 gmail the 40 and 20 blog gmail i should read that um about it's from a uh, hong kong oem uh from a hong kong oem and it's um it's not the most uh personalized email but it's definitely somewhat personalized uh, it's to us to us exactly uh saying hey we we want to help you guys with your watch brand and yep. so Andrew and I have each kicked in ten five thousand dollars we have 40 and 20 watches coming to you spring of 2019 stay tuned it's actually just an snk case and dial with our 40 and 20 logo printed on the front you guys are gonna love it i want a picture of me on it <laughs> it's it's a it's a glass your, watch your face back is gonna be your face is gonna be back? etched in the case back yes right. <laughs> i'm in <laughs> you know what because of my it being my face i'll, I'll kick an eight i think that's warranted for getting my picture on it Tommy, last thing I want to do, I want to show you some watches that Everett and I have very carefully curated over the course of today to show you, get your thoughts on them, see if they're the kind of thing that you'd want to wear, thing the, the kind of thing that you would wear, and you could just um, let us know how you feel about it. So first up, Rose Gold Rainbow Daytona. Thoughts? First thoughts, let me just um, 
too much. So gaudy. It's a lot out there. I mean, I think not enough is actually what you're looking for, but not enough. I don't know. The diamonds around the outside and the rainbow jewels all around. That's just, that's a bit much for me. It's going to be a no. It's not Tommy. So for a serious watch, we got the Timex MK1, MK1 uh, aluminum chronograph. And this, these also come in steel. I like the steel a little bit better, but we've got up on the screen, the MK1 aluminum chrono. Comes in a whole variety of colors. Um, straps are less important because you can put it on any color, change a strap. Highly recommend that Haviston that you were just wearing. Um, oh yeah, that would be perfect. On that, that would be dope on yep. that chrono. And in this anodized, like this almost brass color, um, or black or silver, I think there's a blue, whole bunch of colors. So, Tommy, thoughts? First look, I actually really enjoy this watch. I, I do like uh, the bigger numbers, you know, 12, one, three, I just, what are the, uh, smaller dials around the inside? Uh, so what you're looking at is a chronograph, which is used, um, to measure time. That's a stopwatch. So each Multiple of those stopwatches, e no, each of those sub dials, sub dials measure different increments. So you've got, okay. you've got minutes, uh, or you've got seconds, minutes, hours mm, gotcha. uh, okay. to, to measure that stopwatch. It's like I said earlier, sometimes it looks too much of the outside, but I do like the, the font of the numbers. I do like that kind of that brass finish around the outside. Um, that kind of appeals to me. I, I do enjoy that one. That's a nice looking watch. Bad news. My Pliny is gone. <laughs> wah, wah. Oh, that's disappointing. It was so good though. Okay. So not, not down with the busyness of a chronograph. No, not so much. I feel like it's a, if I'm looking at my watch just real quick get down check it out what's the time or like i said earlier piece of uh, you know accessory jewelry okay that's a little bit much for me but... yeah chronos are kind of are a little bit busy to be like a, a dressed up feel to them typically what, what about the brand timex is a brand everybody knows about uh i've heard of it don't know much about it that it is familiar with me though any feelings about it no none i'm coming up at someone who wore timexes before sort of I became a, a whatever a watch guy, you know. Timex actually does some pretty cool stuff. They have the Indiglo, and I think Timex is the only one that does Indiglo. I don't know if there's anybody else, um, but you know, push button, backlit, fantastic uh, light system. I don't mm -hmm. think there's a better see your watch at night light system than you know. I, I think maybe Casio does some backlighting in their digitals, but there's um, the full loom. <laughs> right the full loom dial yeah but option. even a full loom dial isn't going to light up the way and there's also just the seiko illumination option sure but but even the best loom i mean even tritium you know the best loom isn't going to light up the way indiglo does. no certainly not uh so uh, you know growing up as someone who wore a lot of timexes i feel i feel fun with timex but as a you know to the to the extent that i am or i became at some point a watch snob i think the branding of Timex, just the ubiquitous sort of grocery store availability, Timex availability of Timex. You know, I think at times sort of made me feel a little disinterested. Um, I still like the steel chrono. Yeah, these are these are great watches. These are great watches. So. Next on the list, we got a G-Shock for you. I'm just going to say, personally, hard pass. Really? Hard yeah. pass, interesting. Hard, yeah, hard pass. So this is a Casio G-Shock GA100GBX-1A9, which is a mouthful. Uh, Casio does does Casio does model numbers. Yeah. 
Um, but this is, I, I think the reason we pulled this one up is because it's got analog hands in addition. It's a anadigi or, you know, a digital read as well as analog hands. What, what is it? What is it when you see this that you think, eh? Man, I was thinking I was going to sing to you. Oh, no. This thing is just, it looks so, I mean, I'm looking at photographs online here, but it looks big, bulky. There's just so much going it, on. It is huge. It's, fi- it's 51 millimeters. Oh, so my it's gosh. Yeah, going to wear like a hockey puck. You're. I feel like you're just trying to do too much in too little space, which even at, what would you say, 50 mil- 51.2 millimeters, that's a... That's a big watch. That's a big watch, but it. looking at the photos, they crammed it full of everything that you could or could not use. I don't... It's it's well bigger than anything we have here. I'm handing you the AMW 320. This is sort of a vintage Casio, or old school Casio. That's uh, about 45 millimeters, so, you know, this is going to be another 10% bigger which t- 10% in diameter which means you know I, I don't know somebody somebody do the math but 20% 30% bigger in terms of um in terms of dial face it's it's just huge these these G-Shocks are huge and the, and you know I don't love this watch I liked it I I when I was going through their lineup there was a couple others that that stood out but the the analog digital combo, I thought, was going to be one that would that would work for them. When you and I talked about before we got started, um, do we go with uh, you know a more modern G Shock or do we go with the classic DW fifty six hundred? I pulled it up here. Uh, this is I don't think it's the very first G Shock, but it's the one I think of as the classic G Shock. Mm-hmm. Much smaller case, you know. I think these wind up being forty five or so inches. Not um, inches, millimeters. Forty-five inches. This, jeez, <laughs> that's a big watch. <laughs> I don't know the flavor flav G Shock, forty-five <laughs> millimeters. So thoughts? I mean, thoughts on this versus that other one versus that GBX? Yeah, this is a little nicer. It's smaller, but also there's diff- if I'm like I said, if I'm wearing a watch, I want it to make a statement. This, um, this doesn't do it for me. This looks like. Uh, so what's wrong with the rainbow? What's wrong with the rainbow? That statement says, I don't know how to spend the money that I have. (laughs) Or I have so much money. That's true. I have so much money that money doesn't really matter. Also, I I should share this personal note about myself. I have very dainty wrists. We all do. No. The three of us do. Do you have a bracelet here? I'm I'm more so. Neither you you or I have dainty wrists. Anyway, we'll move on to the next watch while he tries on this, uh, the SKX. Which you can hear. I'm sure everyone heard me pick up the SKX. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. you look like a doctor from the 80s. Girl. <laughs> you got yeah. some little wrists. This, I mean, it's tiny. So we'll go with that earlier G-Shock. If I put that on me, it would be it would be a problem. Yeah, look yeah. at Frisbee. Go to your forearm. Yeah. Like a Frisbee. I might as well just tie it to my bicep. That's not even much <laughs> bigger, Space though. Space watch. Real, real big biceps. All just right, so wrists. next on the list... We've got the uh, the Orient Bambino, which is a watch we've talked about on here before. Um, real simple dial, real classic look to it. What are your thoughts? Yes, I like it. That's clean. That's just I don't know. There's something about that. I don't know how to. I should have brought mine. I have that. Yeah. So oh, you, you, Andrew has this exact oh, okay. same watch. Yeah, that'd be that. This would have been a great time to actually show this in person. So, so we I have the second gen, the the second generation. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, V1 Andrew. One <laughs> did nothing for here me. in front of him. And it is. It's like, like I said uh, when we t- when I talked about that watch in our last our last episode. I don't know. Whenever we talked about Orient watches, 
talked about the SNK and the Bambino being my two go-tos for somebody looking for a watch. Mm-hmm. And this resonates with you. Yeah, it's it's clean to the point. I, I'm not one that's, uh, I mean, somebody who's not deeply invested in this hobby. I don't know, it really appeals to me. Yeah, that's a, that's a jangly bracelet. Yeah, so it's a good looking watch. Uh, and I will say this is a little bit bigger. Uh, mm-hmm. This these come in, I think, just over forty millimeters, so 41. forty and a half millimeters. So so smaller than the AMW three twenty, but bigger, um, bigger than the than the Sarb you were wearing earlier. Ooh, yeah, I like that. That's a it. it they're fl- it's flatter than the Sarb. Mm-hmm. It, it wears. It's got a thinner profile. It wears wider. It wears a, a little flatter, a little wider, and it's got a dome crystal, so it. It rides a little bit taller, kind of like that um, that that chronograph you have sitting in front of you. HK nineteen sixty three, great, best best watch under three hundred dollars, I think. Number one watch under three hundred gets my vote. I can't disagree. With you. So okay, next well, in line. So okay, before, sorry. Before we move on, before we move on, I want to ask you. Going back to the DW fifty six hundred. So this is the watch we were just looking at the G Shock. We we. You said you do manual labor. So we were looking at, you know, two watches for you, basically. A, a watch that you would wear every day. I, I think if you if you went on um, if you went on Watch You Seek uh, or one of these forums and said, hey, I am I, I'm sort of in maintenance. I do I do manual labor all day in and out. Um, I need a everyday functional watch that can get whacked around, is going to look good, has some street cred. I think that this, in particular, this watch, the DW5600, as well as a couple others, are going to get brought up. In in that context... This gets your, 60% of the vote. Y- yeah, I think that's probably right. In, in that context, is, is this something you'd be interested in as your sort of day-to-day throw around? Look at that price point. I know, but when, I, when I'm looking at this, I'd rather... The, I think does Casio make the one with the like the basic calculator and arithmetic? Yeah, right there. That's yeah. right. I think I'd honestly have rather have that than that because a lot I of could... people would. Yeah, a watch that that gets thrown around a lot is this Casio F ninety one W, which is I I don't know. This is just this ubiquitous beater watch. Oh yeah, it, it's going to be less water resistant, less shock resistant, less um uh, abrasion resistance it's not gonna last as long but for 14 bucks a casio f91w is very similar i mean it's a watch you're probably not gonna replace the battery in though but no you're not going to but but from a distance right uh, are you going to call that out versus the dw5600 i mean they're no they obviously have the same dna i, I mean but the dw5600 at, at walmart 40 bucks 39 bucks so as between those two and then the classic calculator. You think any of those might do the trick? Maybe just for the sake of the calculator, just because, you know, I live in Portland and the hipster culture just yeah. tells you to get something weird. That's right. Yeah. No, That's right. I think any of these watches fit into that, but but in particular, that calculator. Yeah. Either a calculator or I think it's the F91W. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something about that. The G-Shock just seems aggressively bulky it's a serious watch yeah 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 and okay. not, i'm not a serious person so i just doesn't really no, fit me you're not even mustache you have a mustache that's two true. mustaches i think we covered this earlier you're right you're gonna say no to this citizen chandler another chronograph it's the i don't know the, i can't see the reference on it from where i'm sitting but it's a citizen chandler on the the weird green canvas band that it comes with you know what i mean i know what i've been saying about the chronographs earlier well, this one kind of interests me. I do like the big, bold, white numbers. I do like how the smaller chronographs kind of overdo, uh, over go over the white. Uh, cut into the numbers. Yeah, they mm-hmm. cut into the numbers. I think you, do you cool. like that or not? I do. I kind of okay. enjoy that. 
It's controversial. People, uh, people, some people will completely discredit a watch because the numerals are cut off by chronograph. So the reason I grabbed this one was the was the contrast of the hands on that on that chronograph. They the way their hands are uh, colored on there. They've got the white loom uh, hour and um, minute, and then the red second. I thought that would that would I thought that might grab your attention. That ability to see those hands, the contrast that's there. So that does that. I'm I'm actually surprised with given our our conversation about Chronos up to this point that the Chandler stands out. Yeah, it does. It, it really does interest me. That's kind of it's a neat looking. Watch. That watch has been in my cart several times and then removed from it. <laughs> and it's a good size. I mean, I mean, the price on this thing 170 bucks on the Citizen website. I think you can probably pick these things up for much closer to 100, depending on the day of the week. Um, size wise what are we talking 39 millimeters okay. so uh you know basically right at that uh golden size i think mm-hmm. that, that we really like you know some people like a bigger watch you're mm-hmm. obviously have a little bit smaller wrist so it, it's not going to be e- even with your smaller wrist it's not going to be <laughs> it's actually it's a serious condition that we should stop addressing it, it. <laughs> even even with a smaller wrist it's not going to be so big that it's ridiculous it, yeah no i i think it's a good size you know this is uh I don't know if it's a remake or or a more modern version, but there's these sort of classic Citizen Field Watch. They're all eco drive. They all have um, a, a solar movement, which mm-hmm. a- Andrew really digs. I, I think the technology is very cool. It's not something that I I look for in a watch, but uh, the the idea is that you don't have a battery to replace. The movement's going to last forever. I think the nice thing about these watches for someone like you who's working um, is that they can dress up, they can dress down. If you do put a, a pass-through or a NATO-style strap on it, you can tailor the strap to, you know, you, you can have a, a day-to-day work week strap and then mm-hmm. maybe, you know, like a going-out strap. Or even just a clean gray. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you first brought this up, that looked like, well, I immediately thought, you know, that would be nice. That would be something I would, I would wear to work, but also in the evening or going out or whatever in your free time, you, yeah, you just throw a different strap on there. That could really change it up. No, that's something I really like about the, the NATO strap option is that you can have a watch a, you can make a, a field watch or a chronograph, a really diverse option that can take you from being at work to dressing it up a little bit i don't know if i would take that with a suit but it certainly it fits 80 percent, 90 percent of the time of your life i wear a suit so so rarely tell me when was the last time you wear a suit wore a suit oh gosh probably sister's wedding this summer but it's really only at weddings i do and they're getting far a few between here last time i was a in a suit was at your wedding no it wasn't even that suit and you were weren't wedding. in that suit yeah so i don't recall the last time I was, <laughs> yeah, no. that, that came off quick that came <laughs> off a little too quick honestly and was the sun still up nah so the next watch we have is the seiko prospects sun 023 sun 023 kinetic gmt diver uh this is a this is a big watch. This is different than anything else we've looked at. A reach watch, if you will. And uh, one that I felt like would fill every need that you have for a watch. Looks so good. Mm. So this is a watch that's been out for a number of years. 
they're kind of pricey. You know, you can see we've pulled up two different versions. One of these is a, a resin case. One of these is a stainless case. They call this a shroud. Uh, these are both divers watches. They're both 200 meters of water resistance, kind of serious dive watches. Not that divers even wear dive watches anymore, at least not for their intended purpose. But this is a, a really a functional tool watch. Um, they tend to be pretty big. They have a couple things going for them. They have a GMT hand, which is different than I think anything else we've looked at so mm -hmm. far. Um, a GMT hand is a, a hand that, we're, that will track a second time zone. The other thing going for them is they have this sort of beat them to hell and it's going to survive mentality. Any any thoughts on these guys? Uh, initial reactions, I'm I'm not a really big fan of that. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty significant uh, price point that looking at. Well, so don't worry about the price point. Oh, don't you look at a price point? Yeah, because oh, okay. I, I mean, it, you know, you you may or may not spend that much money, but just in terms of looking at the watch on, on its own on its own value. I mean, unless there's different color schematics ever there are different variations well and so we've pulled up two we've pulled up the the sun 023 which is this orange and and powder blue color scheme with the black shroud and then we've also pulled up um the sun 065 i think this is a patty yeah it's a patty blue and red version um doesn't do it for you though huh no on I mean, with all the dashes, with the uh, the dial around the was it the outside. What, what would you call that? The bezel. The bezel. The bezel. Yeah. Okay. Multiple hand. I don't know. I just think back to that Orion that you showed me. Orion. It was just clean all the way around. Not a lot on the face. Just a. This is. You you like something a little dressier? It sounds like. Yeah. 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 I'm just well, a fancy guy. Yeah. Then well, we'll... you're officially off the show because this is a show favorite. So please. Yeah. Uh, if you could lock the door. With Don't you. let it hit you on Absolutely. the way Absolutely. Thanks, guys. I'm just going to take these wishes for <laughs> Last one on the list. We've got to watch. Well, we can, we, we've got the Marathon Aviator, but that's another big one that you've already said that you, the Marathon Pilots Watch, that you've said you're not a big fan of that size. And I think these are 48. I might be wrong on that. Oh, you know, are they that big? You, you know, I think that these watches are, I think that these watches, so this is the Marathon, the one we've pulled up is a WW19419401. These are mil-spec. They have a national stock number. Pilot's watch with NSN numbers, that's right. I, I think actually these things are, are pretty great. They've got U.S. government branding on them. They have this really cool asymmetrical case certainly a field vibe. I mean, this isn't something you're going to wear with a suit or a tuxedo, but... I don't know. I think in black, I think you could get away with... If you know what you're wearing. I think if you're just that asshole, it's like, I don't know, this is the watch I had on today. But I think if it was a deliberate choice, I think you could I think you could pull it off. Tommy, would you buy this to wear with a suit? Absolutely not. Okay, I would. <laughs> All right, last watch. I think he's going to like this one. I hope you like this one, because I love this watch. We got the Dan Henry 1964 and specifically pull up the evil panda that's the one that i really uh, I've I mean, it's, it's yeah it's a hard pass it's, it's a hard pass people you can't see his face when i'm gonna tell you hard pass what don't you like i don't know i think it's just a bit it's almost too jewelry as me it's just so mm. i i appreciate that it looks like a nice watch but that's something i wouldn't buy and put on my own wrist well tommy i think that's about it thanks for uh thanks for joining us thanks for having me this is uh this is, you know Finding more stuff than what I like, what you just showed me. Uh, 
don't know, That's more interesting watches than I came in. So, you know, I think you guys you guys kind of set something up here. Terrible reason to drink beer and hang out. Well, let me just prepare you. The Instagram followers are going to start coming in. You're going to have to turn off your notifications. You're going to have to go to private. Yeah. Listen, I already have five followers. I couldn't possibly have <laughs> six or seven, maybe ten. How could you handle that kind of pressure? I don't know. That's stressful, man. <laughs> Well, uh, this is the time of the this is the time of the episode where we transition to other things we like if we have enough time. And today we do. Andrew, any other things that I can do? I have a couple things worth mentioning. So obviously, it was just Thanksgiving. I was at my wife's family gathering, a hundred miles away. Yeah, hundred miles away. Turn right, drive straight. Turn left, drive straight. Anyway, um, apparently. My mother-in-law has been listening and loves it, even though she's completely unfamiliar and uninterested in watches, but listens and loves it. And it was interesting to talk to people who don't give a shit about watches, who listen to our podcast and like were amused by it. Tommy's a good example. My mother-in-law is a good example of it. Uh, people who've been listening and think it's fun. So that was kind of cool and validating in a way. Um, and it was also funny because some, uh, some of the people there then like started gravitating and talking to me about the watches they happened to be wearing. And it was, it turned into weird conversations a little bit because they were watches that I was either unfamiliar with or just like personally, they didn't, they didn't really resonate with me, but it was a cool little, little bit during Thanksgiving. Um, and then what do you think about my new Invicta diver? Uh, no, didn't get that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, not, and actually nothing really even that vain, but it was just a, an interesting, and I'm typically a pretty private person. So this was a weird venture for me to like go out and put myself out into the world and then other people to have know. people be like, Hey, I heard you. Yeah, that was weird. And she thought, I mean, she said she listened to it and I was like, wow, you're listening. And she like mentioned something from the episode. And I was like, wow, you actually are fucking listening. That's <laughs> like, you're not just being nice. That's cool. Which sort of dovetails nicely into uh my wife has gone on a um indoor plant kick uh to say i was indifferent about it might be complimentary about how i felt i was like whatever dude just like if you want plants in the house that's great fine i spend crazy amounts on watches (laughs) you have you go crazy yeah a couple plants exactly (laughs) get weird uh turns out i kind of really like them (laughs) And it thinks, what are we talking about? What kind of plants? I don't know the names of them. They're green. They grow in pots. Are you They're... familiar with indoor plants? I, well, yeah. No, I, I, I'm asking what kind of plants. I'm just saying the next time you come to my house, it's going to be completely different based on the amount of foliage that's in there. So anyway. Foliage. Fo- fo- foliage? I like foliage. <laughs> um, just like I like strategy. I do like strategy. Uh, anyway, I thought I was going to be indifferent forever. Turns out I really like having like bursts of plant life in my house and at thanksgiving this house that we went to they have a botany exhibit in their home and it was like going into a botany exhibit i don't have a better way to describe it there's plants everywhere and we ended up coming home with three very not well very large very large for me like i would consider like a succulent to be a large plant they're not large uh three potted and large new plants that are now living in my home. And it turns out that I'm... You're a changed man. I am. I'm grown. It's all grossed up. I like it. Yeah. So those are the other things I like for today. Everett, what have you got? 
other things for Everett. So there's a fellow named AJ Bars. He is a follower of our Instagram. He is an online personality. He's a uh, got a blog called Every Moment Has a Story. He's a Bellingham-based photographer slash blogger slash podcaster. He's got a podcast called The Bellingham Podcast. I think he does it with another dude. In fact, he's got a, a blog post about their podcasting workflow, which was so hilarious for me to read through because they run into very similar things that we've run into podcasting. I wish in, we'd have read that before we started. I know. <laughs> in, in particular, uh, recording with two microphones through GarageBand was a difficulty that they didn't used to have that they've developed now. And the solution they've come up with is to record on different devices. And then, what do you call it? We uh, do way too much cutting of obscenities and mm-hmm. ill behavior. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that that's something to think about, right? Uh, so they, they wind up recording separately, wind up recording separately and airdropping it, airdropping the audio to one another and then compiling it. I think we're in agreement that would be difficult for our workflow because we wind, we edit probably more than we should. And maybe at some point we'll get better, but we have a lot of just ums or you know weird gulps or or whatever that we cut out and and maybe maybe we shouldn't maybe it'd be more organic if we didn't but i think the rabbit holes and the rabbit holes i mean you guys don't even know there are episodes where we've cut out like 20 minutes (laughs) just weird like why why did we talk about that um but so interesting to see that they're they're running into the same issues we are um, and how and and they're dealing with it totally different. We wound up finding software. Audacity is a free software. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, this isn't a plug for Audacity, so much as it is just that. That's, it works that, for us. That's the solution that we found for that problem. So and today here we are recording in Audacity, three separate microphones, and it's been easy. Yeah, relatively easy. I mean, it took us a little bit of work to figure out how we were going to do it, and we did that, and then it was fine. So AJ Bars has a blog. Every moment has a story. Um, He's got some watch, got some watch stuff on his on his blog. Posts on SKX modding, hmm. um, you know, a, a other sort of watch inspired. He's got a a, a blog post about um, watches and his kids. He's just he's 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 our kind of people. He has just these last couple of weeks released a twenty page magazine called Analog Explorer. He calls it his analog manifesto against our digitally distracted mindset. Sounds like my kind of guy. Totally our kind of guy. He, you know, beautiful photos, great sort of let's get away from our digital stuff. Let's get back to analog stuff. Pre-order, I think, went up a couple weeks ago, $18.99 for a signed copy of the of the magazine. I ordered one. I think it's not released till December 1st, but I'll get it then. 20 pages. I, I'm, I'm expecting it to be beautiful. And if it's not, I'm sending it back, AJ. Uh, not, Look out. Not really. Um, anyway, very cool. Check them out. I think it's ajbars.com, but if you Google ajbars, B-A-R-S-E, 90% chance I'm saying it wrong. Yeah, I'll give it 90. Yeah. I'll give it 90. I think we're there. AJ, email us with the phonetics. The, the other thing I've got, I, I did get my new camera. We talked about it last week. I got my Fuji X20. I like it. It's tiny. It looks cool. It looks cool. It feels great. I've taken some pretty neat picture, pictures with it. Pictures. Pictures. I've taken some pretty neat pictures with it. And I will say, uh, having that smaller form factor, you know, that versus my Nikon D7100, I don't know, a, a quarter of the size total. Easy. 
e- even with a tiny lens on my D7100, it's four times the size of this. I mean, I mean, both in in terms of of the x-axis and the y-axis. This thing, when you close the lens, is maybe four inches front to back, uh, teeny tiny, and that makes opportunities to take pictures different. One of the things about having a camera and taking pictures is that the camera is too substantial or if it's too much effort to get it out and capture that moment, then it's gone and you and that's a missed opportunity. My hope is, my sincere hope is having this little bit smaller form factor is going to A, allow me to have the camera in more places, which is a little bit of a misnomer, right? Because we, we all have our cell phones. We can get that capture anywhere we want. But, um, but A, always allow me to have a camera a dedicated picture-taking device, and B, allow me to take pictures in a little bit more discreet manner. You know, when you pull out a big DSLR, everybody sees it, everybody reacts to it. Uh, even in the last two days, I've managed to pull this thing out. It's It's got that great LED on the back so you can, you know, have it at your waist, hip shoot. Super cool. I'm digging it. I'm excited about taking pictures with it. It's a really cool camera. I mean, I don't. I think I have a DSLR. I think of a Rebel i5 T5. I don't really know. Just needed it going travel internationally. Want to take some better photos than my crummy uh, smartphone. But it's a neat camera. I think I think you brought up a good point. Whether it's just too big to like pull out, take a photo, or it's like you're like making a scene, like undoing buckles, zippers, causing a bit <laughs> distracting. No, that's that's a great little camera. I'm looking forward to see what type of photos you take of me. <laughs> and, any sort of uh other stuff anything on the on the internet or uh in life that you've run into in the last couple of weeks oh uh, i just started listening to the uh science friday podcast i've uh caught it on you know just my local public radio station up there in portland but it's just it's like all the best parts of any chemistry class and that is opb that is kopb 91.5 <laughs> and it's just so enjoyable. Uh, they were talking about earlier in the week, um, just the general scientific community is determining whether they want to continue using the plat- platinum iridium standard for a kilogram measurement that's held in France, or if they want to go to something called uh, Planck's constant to derive a kilogram from, because I'm not going to get into it, mostly because I can't talk to it at that level, but it's just really interesting to talk about. It's, like I said, the best parts of any science class you've ever taken and they don't test you. You just get to do it for fun because it's a podcast. No testing. No test. That's well, there great. are. You're right. There is no testing. What's it called again? Science Friday. Science Friday. Find it anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, I believe it's uh, WNYC coming out of NYC. Yeah. And I'm give it a listen. Try Just try one episode. See what it's like. Same network that does Radio Lab and. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Andrew, I think that's about it. We're going to wrap up. Before we go, we have one exciting thing to announce. So exciting. Super exciting. Everyone wins. Everyone. Well, no, not everyone. Two people. Yeah, well, two people win. Two people win. Hey, look, we have coordinated our first giveaway. Yeah. We're going to do a giveaway. It's an Instagram giveaway, and it's the best kind of giveaway. You don't have to do anything if you already follow us. If you don't already follow us, you're going to have to follow us. And we're not giving away something like dirty underwear or old underwear or old socks. We're giving away something. Is that a thing? (laughs) I mean, based on the level of of professionalism we've demonstrated up to this point, that could be a possibility. So we teamed up. We talked about it earlier. We we, uh, have coordinated with Alex at Haviston Watch Straps. And he has uh, helped us out 
hooked us up with a couple of his A2 service series polyamide fabric. And they feel so nice. Pass-through straps. One of them is the relatively new sector strap. Beautiful coloration. Got kind of that mint green, uh, mint green tone to it. Fantastic. So look, mm. we, we've talked about these Haviston pass-throughs. Um, it's it's a single pass-through, although it does have two. It does have two pieces of fabric up towards the buckle. A nice sliding keeper. These things are really really nice. They're they've got a great sheen to them. They've got good feel. They feel good on the wrist. They're strong enough to support even a fairly heavy watch. Mm-hmm. One of these in the one of these in the sector colorway. One of them in a colorway we can't even tell you about. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Is it going to be announced? So, one of these in a brand new colorway. When you listen to this, we'll either be about to announce the contest, or we will have just announced the contest. So check it out on it. Check us out on Instagram. You'll see it there. Two different giveaways. All you have to do is follow us on Instagram. And then find that post, comment which of the two you like better. And at the end of the week, we're going to put your names into randomizer, pull one up, pull two up, one for each watch strap, and give them away. They're both 20 millimeters because... Because they're great. This is 40 and 20, so what other size would they be? They are very cool straps. We're excited about it. We hope you are too. I think that's all I got. And here's our promise. Neither Everett, nor Tommy, nor I will win either of those two straps. Do we hit, uh, we're promising that? I just did it. All right. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Bumming on Tremolo by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.